1: To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit Stripe.com slash Tap iPhone.
2: Coming up on DTNS, hints on how attackers got into SolarWinds. Sony wants to help folks shoot TV like the Mandalorian and is Strum, the future of streaming TV. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, January 7th, 2021 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane.
3: Quarantining in Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young.
2: And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Uh, If you want to know why Justin is quarantining, either listen to his podcast or uh, get Good Day Internet. Uh, We talk a little bit about that. We talk a little bit about college football conferences. And we talk a little bit uh, about deplatforming. Get that wider conversation. Become a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. The U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation is, quote, accepting tips and digital media depicting rioting or violence in and around the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Submissions can be made at FBI.gov slash U.S. Capitol. That's capital spelled with an O. CNN sources say the U.S. State Department told U.S. diplomats to pause posting on social media, a measure normally taken after a terrorist attack or major natural disaster, And Facebook will block the president's use of Facebook and Instagram for a minimum of two weeks. Twitter suspended the president's personal account for 12 hours and warned further violations would bring a permanent suspension. Twitch disabled the president's account. Snapchat locked the president's account indefinitely. And Shopify took stores run by the Trump Organization and Trump campaign offline for violating their policy on supporting organizations that promote violence.
4: Japan's NEC says it has developed facial recognition that works for people wearing facial coverings. The system uses the visible parts of the face, like the eyes, and claims an accuracy rate of 99.9%, with verification less than one second. NEC is testing the new system at a shop in its Tokyo headquarters. NEC's NeoFace Live Facial Recognition is used by the London Metro Police, Lufthansa, the airline, and Swiss International Airlines as well. The Wi-Fi Alliance launched the Wi-Fi 6E certification
2: program that opens the door for devices to use six gigahertz band. Wi-Fi 6E is fully compatible with Wi-Fi 6 and can support up to seven 160 megahertz channels at once, only using the latest WPA3 security protocol on the band. IDC estimates 338 million Wi-Fi 6E devices will enter the market this year with 20% of all Wi-Fi 6 devices supporting 6E by 2022. If you want a little more on Wi-Fi, 6 and 6e. Check out knowalittlemore.com.
4: Asus announced it will raise the suggested retail price for its components like motherboards and graphics cards in the U.S. The increased cost comes as waivers on U.S. tariffs against Chinese-made goods of 7.5 to 25 percent expired on December 31st. An example is the ROG Strix, or S-T-R-I-X, LC Radeon RX 6800 XT, which launched at 8 $199.99, $199.99 now listed at 1079
2: Ah, so uh, price is going up, folks. Keep that in mind. Yep. TikTok has a new augmented reality filter that uses the iPhone 12 Pro's LiDAR sensor. It uh, gives you a confetti effect that looks like real confetti in your room. Uh, seems a little one-note, <laughs> but TikTok promises to develop more innovative effects in 2021, so look out for more than just confetti. Snapchat added support for Apple's LiDAR sensor back in October. That lets creators build their own enhanced AR filters for Snapchat.
4: Well, y'all, CES does not actually begin until Monday, but that is not going to stop lots of companies from making their announcements. This happens every year, and this year is no different. So we'll start with Samsung. The company announced this Galaxy Chromebook 2, a 13.3-inch 2-in-1 Chrome OS device sporting a QLED display that starts at $549. That's way down from $999 the first-gen device started at. The base model offers a 10th-gen Intel Celeron processor, 4 gigs of RAM, and 64 gigs of storage. An i3-equipped version with 8 gigs of RAM and 128 gigs of storage starts at 699
2: LG introduced five new models in their thin and light LG Gram laptop lineup, ranging from 14-inch to 17-inch, all of thinner bezels around their 1610 ratio screens, as well as 11th-gen Intel processors, Z graphics, and up to 16 gigabytes of LPDDR4 x memory lg claims the gram 17 gram 16 and gram 16 two and one all offer 19 and a half hours of battery life the gram 17 weighs in at 1.3 kilograms while the lightest gram 14 comes in at 999 grams no word on price or availability
4: well, my new car, Sutton set in stone, everybody. I'm only partially kidding. Mercedes-Benz <laughs> has built a 56-inch hyperscreen display set to display in the EQS electric sedan, which is set for production for Mercedes in late 2021. So later this year, let me know if you got one ordered already. The hyperscreen is at the heart of the company's second gen MBUX infotainment system which doesn't have any buttons and is completely digital and voice controlled.
2: It's one of the signs that CES has started as you get huge screens in cars the last few years. Uh, JBL announced the Bar 5.0 multi-beam soundbar which gives virtual Dolby Atmos using multi-beam technology going for 400 bucks or 350 pounds starting this spring. Less than half the price of JBL's previous Bar 9.1. Bar 5.0 uses five drivers three forward facing two side facing and four passive radiators to create its sound bluetooth amazon assistant uh bluetooth amazon assistant including multi-room audio apple airplay 2 and chromecast support all built in the jbl sa 750 is a new stereo amplifier also supporting airplay 2 and chromecast with a retro wood veneer design that goes for three thousand bucks starting in may and jbl is also introducing a big new headphone line the live pro plus earbuds fitness-oriented live free nc plus both supporting chi charging and lasting up to seven hours for continuous listening the over-ear live 660 nc and on-ear live 460 nc need wired charging but they can last up to 50 hours so there's a trade-off there all have active noise canceling with smart ambient mode that lets you hold conversations without having to remove a bud or an ear
4: cup Oh, I love that receiver. It's a beauty. Acer's first commercial, uh, official and commercial Chromebook is the Spin 514, which either uses an AMD Ryzen 7 3700C or Ryzen 5 3500C processor and built-in Radeon Vega graphics. It has a 14-inch full HD touch ISP6 display using Corning Gorilla Glass 3, 10 hours of battery life, uh, mil std 810H compliant durability and weighs in at 3.42 pounds. It can have up to 16 gigs of DDR4 DRAM and 456 gigs of storage. Ooh, 256. Hitting
2: North th- 256. 456 would be great, but it
4: doesn't. Oh yeah. Did I say 456? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 256. You know, let's 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 get back to Earth here. It hits North America in February, starting at $480, and Europe in March. The Enterprise versions of the Spin 514 coming in March starting at $750 or €799. Acer also announced its 18-inch Nitro gaming monitor with HDMI 2.1 for $900. There's also a new 31.5-inch Predator 4K monitor with a 144 hertz refresh rate and G-Sync for $1,200. Also, a 27 inch Predator with uh, 2560 by 1440 resolution and 275 hertz refresh for $1,100. The three monitors are all coming to the US this May.
2: Man, so many product announcements and specs. I can almost smell the Quiznos that's usually down below us as we cover CES from the central hall. Uh, Let's talk about what Lenovo announced. This one's getting a lot of attention. Lenovo's new Yoga I-O 7. It's A-I-O for all-in-one. It's an all-in-one desktop that has a rotating 27-inch landscape screen although it becomes a portrait screen when you rotate it. A future software update even promises to let it double as a 4K smart TV. And of course, you can cast a mobile device to it so that you can watch your TikToks on a 27-inch screen. Also lets you plug in your laptop by USB-C. This feature is the one that caught my eye. So you plug your laptop in with a USB-C cord. That's it. It now can use the aio 7 as the display, speakers, mouse, keyboard, and power supply and hard drive for the laptop, it's available right now in China. Coming to other select markets in February, starting at thousand five hundred ninety nine dollars. Got a few other Lenovo things to talk about. But what do you guys think of this one?
4: I love it. Uh, I I have I have yet to need the rotating landscape screen. Uh, you know going to portrait, uh, as much as I like TikTok videos, quite quite <laughs> quite a bit, in fact. And I actually do often like to watch my TikTok for you stuff on my laptop rather than my phone, just because I'm like, eh, it's bigger. So sure, that's fine. But the idea of being able to plug in a, a secondary computer, your laptop, you know, the, the thing that you're carting around to be able to be in more of a desktop uh, experience is very attractive. And the price is also pretty attractive.
3: Yeah, I think that the the price is there. There's a lot of throwing things up against the wall here, right? Because I, I while right now the thing that we can think the most of is a TikTok videos, there's no doubt that in the evolving media landscape that there might be things that are developed more and more as uh, things are mobile-centric for a desktop situation, and uh, uh, the blending of uh, laptops and phones and, and tablets are something that continues to kind of happen. So uh, while this may or may not be something that flies off the shelves, although it is an attractive price point, I think that the idea of all these things sort of morphing will become more and more uh the, the rule and not the exception over the next 10
2: Yeah. I, I mean, there's lots of rotating screens out there, but I think this is probably the first or certainly one of the first in an all-in-one and i think that's what yeah even though people are like oh you could show your tiktoks on it i don't really think that's the attractive part like the rotating is great as a this is your desktop and if you don't have a laptop with you you can use it as a desktop you can put that screen in whatever position you want if you do have your laptop you can plug it in and now access your laptop without having to open it up i mean it seems yeah. silly but not having to also plug in the laptop because it can power itself off of this uh it's like a really fancy dock when you think about it that way yes
3: yeah and that's and that is that's huge
2: uh, also, a few other Lenovo things here. Idea Pad 5 Pro has that 1610 ratio display. There's your first CES trend, bunch of 16:10 ratio displays. Uh 90% screen to body ratio, and H Series AMD Ryzen mobile processor, at least up to that. So Ryzen processors in an idea pad. Uh, the 16-inch is coming in May 2021, starting at $1149.99. 14-inch coming to Europe, Middle East, and uh and uh, uh <coughs> Europe. Middle East and Africa in March. Intel versions and a 5G version will also come to select markets. The Tab P11 is a more family-oriented version of the Tab P11 Pro that came out last year. It's got an IPS LCD, for instance, instead of an OLED screen, 6 gigs of RAM, LTE, and it's $230, not $499, and available this month. Uh, They also announced a couple other interesting things. Alexa Show Mode for Lenovo PCs coming in Q2. That lets you use your Lenovo device like an Echo Show. You just tell it to go into that mode and it becomes like Mm -hmm. an Echo Show. Uh, And the NEC Levy Mini, a concept netbook, a netbook, netbooks are back, uh, that can turn into <laughs> a game console. It's, it has an 8-inch 1920 by 1200 touchscreen, and the keyboard can be folded back and two wireless controllers attached to its side, or the device can be docked I and mean, works like a switch.
3: Yeah, that's that's very, very interesting. Can I just go back to the, the, the show uh, mode thing uh-huh. on, on, on the Lenovo PCs? We had said from from the very, very beginning that it was a fascinating decision for Amazon to just be platform agnostic and try to spread that voice assistant as far and wide as they can. And the idea that now they've already put it everywhere they could into microwaves, not a joke, bow ties, a joke, but don't say it too loud because they'll do it. Uh, and now it's like, <laughs> well, why don't you come up with places to put it here? Let's let's
4: just you have a
3: Lenovo, turn it into a turn it into a show. I mean, this, this is, is listen.
4: I I uh, tried out the Echo Show for three months for my one of my more recent Live with It segments. It has turned into an indispensable item for me. There are others. I understand that. But the idea, and of course, it depends on where your office is and where your monitor might be and, you know, it, does it, you know, are you going to see what the Echo would be putting up on the display all that often? Uh, your mileage may vary, but that is a great idea for a monitor that might otherwise just kind of be sitting dormant to be able to to give you a bunch of other information is pretty cool.
2: You know, another thing that makes CES
4: are huge television displays that you can't oh, buy. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you got to love CES for that. In fact, I'm most uh, disappointed that we're not, uh, you know, traipsing over to Vegas next week uh, because I love looking at this stuff. But Sony did announce it will start selling modular micro LED displays as part of its crystal LED line that can be used as digital movie sets. The newly announced B-Series panels offer anti-reflective coating and 1,800 nits of brightness oh, yeah. with support for high f- frame rates and 3D. I know. Sony plans to release the panels in the summer. No pricing announced just yet. Probably not going to be all that cheap, but still pretty cool. Displays like this have been used for series like The Mandalorian, for example. They offer an advantage over green screens because they provide their own light and their own shading. So if you don't get a green reflection on an actor's helmet, then you don't have to digitally wipe it out later. You just get a reflection on whatever is in the digital screen itself.
2: Yeah, so these these are for companies that want to shoot video. This is not going to be sold to the general public. They're probably going to be pretty pricey, too. Uh, but everybody who's, you know, raved over watching the behind the scenes of The Mandalorian at that display— Uh, has been, we had a visual effects artist on on in our art week last year, uh, who was saying like, yeah, everybody asked me if they can do that. Well, she's going to get more requests now because they can actually have another place to go buy the hardware.
3: It's going to be a pretty penny, but there's obviously a lot of pretty pennies in the world. And specifically people (laughs) that want to not only recreate uh, uh, that as a movie set, but also as an experience. Part of what has made mm. The Mandalorian special is because the actors say, and, and there's great dialogue, look it up, of, of, uh, of noted eccentric and season one cast member Werner Herzog, uh, just going on and on about how amazing it was to shoot in a set that looked like this fantasy world. Like it, it allowed all the actors to get into their roles more so than just acting on a blue or green screen and i would imagine that if you want to impress people that you are going to have a similar experience or at least the desire to have a similar experience even if you're not shooting on it or maybe if you're you're just taking pictures and videos for a more casual experience i think this is going to sell uh, as far as the crazy screens that we see at ces which is normally just you know a, a huge monitors you're going to see at stadiums or something like that this seems like a a, a more a practical version and i'm putting that in air
2: quotes it's actually a really
1: smart and very very uh, useful uh, development in in cinematography and in shooting just productions because it allows very quick turnaround times there's
2: stuff you don't have to post like there's no post yeah. effects you need to do. Like the as brushing much. out of the green screen, like like Sarah yeah. was saying. There's a ton of other examples like that. And you make
1: amazing use of space. I mean, the Mandalorian shoots on three sets and they have these walls and it allows them to get so much more. Depth no, they without...
4: don't. It's real, Roger. <laughs> they shoot
1: on location, Roger. I mean yeah. sure. The, the baby Yoda or I, 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 I can never perfectly Grogu. Grogu. No, it always sounds
2: like a putty product. Um <laughs> it's uh it's that that is real. That is real. All right. Uh, that that may sound like CES has started. It hasn't. CES starts next Monday, uh, but we do have some non-CES stuff going on. Right, Justin?
3: Indeed. Reuters sources report that the U.S. FBI is investigating whether attackers who compromised SolarWinds' Orion platform may well have also compromised project management software called TeamCity from Czech-based JetBrains. SolarWinds is a customer of JetBrains, and malicious code was inserted in the SolarWinds Orion software by someone with access to the development system. JetBrains CEO Maxim Sherioff, whose office is in St. Petersburg, Russia, said that he had been in contact with SolarWinds, but had not been contacted by any agency and was not aware of any investigation. Wednesday, a spokesperson for the U.S. Department of Justice said intruders had used the SolarWinds vulnerability to access about 3% of the Justice Department's email accounts, none of which were classified. Tuesday, multiple U.S. intelligence agencies said the attackers on SolarWinds were most likely from Russia.
2: So we don't have confirmation of anything here, even the actual intelligence agencies saying it's most likely are saying most likely, but... The narrative that you could pull out of this is that it could be that Russian attackers used the uh, used JetBrains a vulnerability in Team City, and there are some known vulnerabilities, like there are with any software, in Team City to get into SolarWinds to put the backdoors into the updates that then went out to the SolarWinds clients that allowed them to get into whatever uh government agencies and corporations that they got into like the three percent of the justice department email accounts that that's not we're not saying that is what happened but it's you could sketch that out based on like okay apparently somebody thinks that jet brains might be how they got into solar winds
3: yeah you know this is one of those i mean obviously whenever you're dealing with uh leaks from the intelligence from the intelligence communities uh there's a lot of mosaic that you want to build. I would, I would encourage everybody to just keep tabs on this, keep tabs on the narratives that are arising, and then as we get further away, compile them all up and, and figure out what, what seems to make the most sense. That being said, that caveat inserted, this seems plausible. <laughs> it seems yeah. like a way that you get from here to there. It, it, it looks like a credible roadmap.
2: And this is a sophisticated attack. So, you know, it's probably not going to affect your daily life unless you're a sysadmin dealing with this, in which case, you know, my thoughts go with you. But uh, but this is definitely something to keep an eye on because it's significant in its effects, even if it doesn't directly uh, affect you. Um, we like to talk about all kinds of stories like that. If you have an idea of what you would like to hear us talk about, go submit it on our subreddit. Uh, you can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewshow.reddit.com
4: Former executives from Discovery and Disney are launching a streaming service called Strum. That's Strum with two U's, S-T-R-U-U-M. But Strum isn't going to have its own content. Instead, it's going to partner with smaller streaming content providers to offer you, the user, the ability to sample content from multiple places for a single monthly fee. Strum subscribers could get credits that they can use to then watch content from any provider in the system. If Strum notices that you're choosing content a lot from a particular provider, it will offer to let you subscribe to the whole service from within the Strum app itself. Strum has not named its twelve partners. Obviously, that's very important going forward, but says it will have more than twenty thousand TV series, movies, and also shorts. Strum will launch in the spring in the U.S. with international launches planned later.
2: Yeah, so this is this is an approach to the fatigue, subscription fatigue, to say like, all right, we know you're going to subscribe to Netflix and Disney Plus, and maybe Hulu and HBO Max and Peacock, etc. But what about Shutter? What about Tubi, are you going to use that for free? What what about uh, Crunchyroll? These guys, we don't know who they're partnering with, but they're targeting those smaller ones to say, let's bring those in and say, you can watch whatever you want. Now, we're going to have this credit system working to put a max on what you can watch, uh, but you can watch whatever you want. You don't have to think about where it came from. And if we notice, like you're always watching horror stuff from Shudder, we'll suggest to you like, hey, would you like to access the full library all the time without a limit? subscribe within our, our strum app. Uh, and you should-
4: <laughs> well, and then you the can, shutter folks get a strum it. The subscription fee, I suppose, because they're driving exactly. subscriptions to back to shutter. Yeah. I mean, this, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, I don't know. I, you know, I talk to people all the time who are saying, you hey, know, what, what is the best thing to subscribe to? And I'm like, well, what do you want to watch? That's always the answer. It's like, well, what do you want to watch? What? You have a lot of options and that's great. But yes, if you're not, you don't want to geek out on this whole like cutting the cord thing. Some, a service like this might actually be your ticket.
3: Well, but does it make a lot of sense? Cause the problem is <laughs> people don't know what to watch. And so they are hesitant to subscribe to something that they are going to forget. If, even if they watch the one thing they want to see, and then they're going to uh, um, stay subscribed and it's going it, to, it causes anxiety. So they don't do it. And the answer to that is, is to subscribe to a service where you don't know exactly what you're going to watch. Like, that's that's what this is. Now, yes, they want you to find things. They're going to make it easy. They're going to give you discovery. They're going to guide you through this process. In their mind, it's a concierge. But let's understand that what we are, what we are asking is for people to jump into this. Uh, all I'll say is that the content is king, as it is always. We're going to have to see what these partners are. But if if the partners are not leading with things that have happened to fall through the cracks and are very, very attractive, that also give people a, a cheaper way to access it, it, this seems like a noble pursuit that might fall uh, uh, in, in the mushiest of mushy metals.
2: I think Strum is the right idea, but it's a chicken and egg problem, right? Strum is perfect you're never going to get Netflix and anything like this. Probably not going to get Disney plus, but let's say you get showtime and epics and stars and shutter and, you know, the list goes on of, of the next tier down. Right. And you have, you have hundreds of them. Strum is what I get like, Oh, I don't want to have to think like, wait, is that on stars or is that on epics or oh, wait a minute? Is that on shutter crunchy roll? Like I just get strum and I don't have to think about it anymore. And I have access to all this stuff. And if I get really into anime, then I can buy Crunchyroll through Strum, and I'm still just going to Strum to watch stuff, right? But it has to get to scale for that to actually work.
3: I mean, I, I think I think we are we are writing ourselves out a a fan fiction version of this idea that yes, it could work, it could work, but it, again, it, it can work on the if partner. it can
2: get to the level. But the question is going to get to the level, right?
3: But then even then, like. Let's say I really – there's a bunch of Showtime shows that I had never seen that I really, really want to go see. Why am I going to Strum
2: first You go to Strum because it's not, like, oh, I have access to everything, right? Yeah. It's not about of, a particular service. It's I got Strum so I don't have to think about it anymore. That's where right. it starts to work. It's
4: kind of a but window again, shopping thing again, and then you decide what you like. Yeah. I just don't know if
3: – I want Strum to be the one to lead me through the window shopping when I can just search the internet.
2: Yeah, but then you got to manage all those different subscriptions yourself, and you got to figure out what mm-hmm. thing is. And, 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 and the solution is another subscription. One <laughs> subscription for all of it.
3: Another subscription. But
2: just one for another. all of
3: it. Rabbit season.
2: Feedback <laughs> at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Uh,
3: Microsoft Senior Program Manager Brandon LeBlanc announced a potential new feature. Uh, called News and Interest that would add an ad-free news feed to the Windows 10 taskbar. This will include news content from 4,500 global brands that will open into a streamlined reading view, as well as local weather. Users will be able to personalize their feeds for relevant interest or turn it off altogether. News and Interest is available now on Windows Insider Builds in the dev channel for users in the United States, Canada, Great Britain, Australia, and India.
2: Uh, yes. So this is almost a similar conversation to Strum. In theory, you know, the idea of like, oh, high quality news customized to my interest right there in the taskbar. So it's easy to get to when I want it. Uh, Sounds great, right?
4: Eh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it could be great. Uh, I have not seen this in action yet. What it sounds like is a lot of, I don't know, my browser looking more convoluted than it did yesterday i don't know yeah. it, it's it, it could it could it could work fine sure but you could also just have like a little app that you go to when you're ready for that rather than a bunch of words
3: yeah yeah but let, let's brush aside microsoft's insistence on stapling yet something else to the operating system when we really don't need it because we just want it to be an operating system general question has anybody got curated news right Google News felt like it was like a good first step in that direction that that they kind of settled the territory. And I don't know if anyone's really gotten it better since then. And so if they could do that, if, if all of a sudden it was great and every itch was scratched sure but that's seems to be a hard hill to climb yeah i mean apple news works pretty
4: well for me but i also don't want it like constantly scrolling somewhere where i'm uh doing other things i don't think this is like
2: uh, an eyesore necessarily it's not like a ticker at the bottom of a cnn (laughs) yeah can
4: you imagine yeah (laughs) uh
2: but it's it's easy to access and i think you're right it's it's all about whether they it has the content or not
4: well, this is a pretty good story. Feel good story uh, of the highest magnitude. In North Queensland, Australia, a group of four adults and also a baby were stranded on a dirt road between two rising creeks. There was heavy rain, it was a storm, they got stuck. They didn't have mobile phone reception and they couldn't get out. So they attached a mobile phone of one of the adults to a drone to send an emergency SOS text message. And it worked. State Emergency Service Area Controller James Gag said it was, quote, clever enough to think if he typed the message on his phone and pressed send, it would keep trying to send until it got reception. And emergency services reached the group the following day.
2: Man, this is a great story. First of all, uh, because uh, the individual in question uh, knew the number to send the text to, knew how to... Uh, tell them where they were or give them enough information that they could find them and knew, Oh man, it's so annoying when you send a text and it just keeps trying to send it. And you're like, Oh, I wish well, I could and happen to have a drone
4: also like, hey. well,
2: and then they had yeah. a UAV, right? Yeah, absolutely. All of that together. Uh, but uh, where I was going is I, I always complain when it keeps trying to send the text. I'm like, just give up. I don't even care anymore. And this guy was like, Hey, that's, <laughs> that's useful in this situation. It's really clever.
3: Uh, I, I have an idea. Free, free idea for all the screenwriters listening. Super wholesome, Lassie-esque show where the dog is replaced by a sentient drone. And this is your pilot. And it saves this is,
2: the day. Yeah. And
3: it saves the day. It saves the day by bringing the cell phone up. And into, this is only the uh,
2: first. This is when it learns it can save the day in the pilot. Exactly.
3: Yeah. This is when, yeah, I don't know. how. Wherever you want to dial in the magic here, the lightning strike or right, right. you know uh, an old charmed pendant, whatever you want to do to get it sentience. But uh, uh, this is your pilot. Uh, uh, go ahead. It's, it's going to get an eight episode order that you can access on strum.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Love
4: it. <laughs> uh love stories like this and yeah when i first heard it i was like oh they flew the drone with the phone somewhere until someone was like oh there's a phone on the drone no actually more genius than that shout out to patrons at our master and grandmaster levels including david mosher reed Fischler, and mark gibson Also, thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us today, quarantining in an unmarked hotel room somewhere, (laughs) you know, somewhere in the world. Uh, What's been going on with you? Kind of a slow week, huh?
3: Oh, boy. Uh, uh, Obviously, a lot going on in politics, not only in Georgia, where I was live covering those Senate runoff races that ultimately uh, flipped control of the Senate itself. Uh, But also I did a bonus episode that is free for everybody with uh, Andrew Heaton and Jen Briney discussing the events in the U.S. Capitol yesterday. So if you would like to get all of that, you just have to head on over to politicspoliticspolitics.com. Sign up on the uh, podcast platform of your choice, and it is all there for you
2: we had our annual tradition of uh, RSS feed for our video podcast going down at the beginning of the year but now it's fixed uh, so if you want to get DTNS as a video podcast get the RSS feed for the video at slash subscribe
4: we're also live Monday through Friday for 30 p.m Eastern that's 21:30 UTC find out more at slash live We'll be back tomorrow with Shannon Morris and Len Peralta. See you hear that.
1: This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.
3: Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.
0: Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business
1: Here's a show that we recommend.
4: So Robert, tell the people, what's a pretendian?
1: It's just what it sounds like, Angel, a pretend Indian.
4: Someone who fakes being one of us.
1: Someone who impersonates a native.
4: We're talking about real scammers and con artists.
1: There are pretendians teaching at universities, pretendians running governments, pretendians in Hollywood.
4: On our new podcast, pretendians will tell you the incredible story of these jaw-dropping frauds.
1: Who are they? Why do they do it? And how the heck do they keep getting away with
4: it? Listen to Pretendians on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.